They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome to another episode of the Juan and Juan podcast. I'm your host, Juan. On this episode, we talk to Mitch. Mitch has a YouTube channel, NRG Synchronized. He talks about a lot of different things that I talk about on the show. Frequency, sound, being in alignment with yourself. And on this episode, we talked about a variety of things. We talked about what is our purpose, consciousness, spirituality, law of attraction, energy, frequencies, he shared a near-death experience he had. We talked about psychedelics. We talked about diet, fitness. Mitch is a professional bodybuilder, and he has a background in dieting and in fitness. And he, we talked about that. That diet isn't just what you eat, but it's also what you ingest through your mind. And it goes past what you just put in your body. I really did enjoy our conversation. Very solid episode. Very cool individual. Make sure to check out his work on YouTube and on social media, NRG Synchronized. And also make sure to follow us on social media at the Juan Juan Podcast. Shoot me an email if you want to be on the show. If you want to hear us talk about anything, the Juan Juan Podcast at gmail.com. But without further ado, this is NRG Synchronized with Mitch Irussi. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, one thing, we're not going to say the C word on this, on this episode. Okay. I forgot to tell you before if I edit this out, but yeah, I'm not giving that any more energy than, than what it needs. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm on board with you. Cool. Cool. So, uh, obviously you reached out to me. Where can people find your work? You have a YouTube channel NRG synchronized and, uh, can you let people where they can find you and also your social media? 
Uh, yeah, so basically it's all just going to be NRG synchronized across the board, uh, mainly just hitting Instagram and YouTube at the moment. And then once it sort of, you know, grows into a substantial amount where I can move on to other platforms and like that work would seem, you know, more comparable that we're going to move on to like Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, all those things. But uh, right now the main thing is just the YouTube channel because that's where the full videos are. So just NRG synchronized and NRG, when you say it fast, sounds like energy. So that's a little play on words I got going on here. Yeah, I figured it was that, but, but I mean, I just, you know, NRG. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mitch, this is a question I ask everybody who comes on the show. Can you hear me okay? Yes. This is a question I ask everybody who comes on the show. Who is Mitch Irosi, right? Did I say it right? Yes. Man, I mean, uh, I can answer that in many different ways, but I guess, um, I guess from a, from a goal standpoint, I'm really, I mean, everyone is an eternal multidimensional being living a temporary human experience. And basically uh, what I'm doing right now is trying to raise the vibrational frequency of the whole planet by spreading not, not just awareness, but wisdom, knowledge, different perspectives, different information, and kind of bringing together uh, the multitude of, of different cultures and time periods and different relevant figures and all of the information that we've gathered uh, basically within this reality system in order to help everybody else's life path go the way they want to. So everyone wants to live a life of abundance and prosperity and have success and, and health and wealth and all those great things. So the, the, the areas where I found success in and my ability to really explain things in a more extensive and kind of like a differential way, um, I've, I found I've had a natural talent for, for sort of explaining concepts to people and helping them take different kinds of information, let's say from like the spiritual realm or like the esoteric realm, and then applying them practically to their own lives to make their lives go better. So essentially, I'm just here to make everybody else happier, have a better time while we're here on this planet in this reality system, and then learn as much as we can. So then once we go back to wherever we originally come from, we can you know, upload that data to the collective. And you know, maybe we might choose to incarnate here at, a, at another time you know, with a, a wiser resume, if you will. So I'm just trying to help other people out. <laughs> Right on, dude. And I, I checked out your work and I was watching your videos. Obviously, you talk about law of attraction. You talk a little bit about aliens. You talk about other dimensions. Yes. And it's a lot about what I talk about on the show. And you, what you just said that we're, we're divine. I call it divine beings having a human experience. Yes, definitely. That's a, I've studied the Gnostics, which is an early Christian sect, and they believed in, in divinity is within ourselves. We pretty much are gods, and through gnosis, through knowledge, you can ascend into the upper eons. And again, that is the reason why they were wiped out by the church, because it doesn't fit the narrative. Because <laughs> yeah. I, divinity is a brokered experience, and that offends a lot of people, but that's just the way it is right exactly so if it doesn't well, once you have a system set up I, I like to call with everything going on in the world right now and this negativity that's going around and this negative energy energy can only be transformed it doesn't go anywhere it's only transformed so when we i, I believe in that in, in the whole energy aspect and you know how they say dogs can see auras around people 
Uh-huh. And as humans, I don't believe we can. I don't believe at there. There's I. I like I. I also go into ancient civilizations because it's so much, right? So yes. I go into ancient civilizations and the type of things that they were into. Perhaps we don't. We don't even understand why they built some of these things or why they did what they did. But perhaps these people were able to achieve other higher states of consciousness or frequencies and able to see into other realms and and project into other realms and maybe with what how the world is set up now and i like to call them the reptilian overlords and how they control (laughs) us they're hindering us from being able to uh, unlock that true potential by these systems and different things that they put into play in order to uh, dampen us and and you know because we don't we don't understand a lot of things in the world and maybe maybe there there is obviously there's more than 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 what they can let us know is obviously there you know there's in the background you know how it is man there's a lot more than what we know yeah oh yeah uh and again if they're hiding things in order to keep us from being able to achieve this and being able to go into other realms who knows who knows right i have i've talked to i talk a lot about psychedelics on my show Oh, and yeah. how maybe people use fan. that, yeah, and maybe how people use that to, you know, DMT to break out of the matrix. I like to, the reason I like the law of attraction is because I, I do think we live in, in a matrix and a simulation, if you will, because our words have power. And that goes back to we are divinity. If we are created in the image of God, right, we have some divinity within us. Oh, and we yeah. are able to do things that, again, it, just because we don't understand it or know how to do it doesn't mean it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. Just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean we can't do it the first time. Exactly, exactly. So uh, what is NRG synchronized, energy synchronized? Like what, what is it about or what does it sort of like stand for? Yeah, what, uh, or for the, your, I'm talking about your YouTube channel. What is it about? What do you talk about on there? Uh, yeah, so – I, I like to pull, um, I guess, a lot of information from different uh, points in, in life and different areas of life and kind of bring it all to one home base, if you will. Um, so it's not all just one one solid thing because my interests lie in a, you know, in a variety of things. So my, my main goal is to, uh, a lot of things, kind of like take spiritual things and explain them in like a practical step-by-step how-to kind of format. I've always found that to be very um, progressive in my life and definitely uh, a good beneficial factor for how I can understand things. So for instance, like taking, like making a video, like five, five ways to ascend or five ways to raise your vibrational frequency. Well, those things, those five steps, they're not just going to do that one thing. They're going to, they're going to trickle out into other areas of your life. So for instance, like one thing I can think off the top of my head that's going to help with that is having a solid morning routine. So when you wake up in the morning, your brain waves are at about 10.5, which is in the theta wave state. So you're closest to your subconscious mind, which runs about nine out of every 10 thoughts. The average brain has about 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. So if you can know like that fact, like that sentence, you know you have the ability to consciously uh, implement and consciously affect your subconscious mind in a positive or whatever way you want to. 
So if you don't have a good morning routine, like let's say you wake up and you go onto social media, like Instagram, you look at all these edited pictures, you start comparing your life to their life, and you hang on to the human negativity bias that's in all of our brains. You've now compared your life to other people and you made yourself depressed and kind of like a victim mentality, like, oh, whoa, me, this person's traveling the world. I have to go to work today. Now you've just set yourself up for a cynical, depressing, negative type day, and you don't even know that it happened. So like that one step right there in a five ways to raise your vibrational frequency, having a good morning routine by maybe having a grateful list, you know, writing 10 to 12 things and saying out loud things you're grateful for or saying some reaffirmations or doing yoga or breath work or meditation, knowing that one fact and just switching your habits, that's now going to change your everyday life, which is going to change everything within that everyday life. Like your, your fitness, your health, your financial status, your emotional quotient, how you speak to people, how you react to things, how you can handle things in your life. So that's just one of the things in that one single video that could explode into a multitude of beneficial things that could happen to anyone else's life. So my goal on, on Energy Synchronize is really just to take different things I've learned from very wise people and very, I guess, high vibrational input that I've had in my life and sort of bringing it together and saying, hey, I can use this lesson I learned from the spiritual realm and help you from a business standpoint. Or I can help something I learned back in like my bodybuilding career or my wrestling career or my kinesiology career. And I can help that. I can implement that and explain that in a way that's going to help your spiritual walk. You know, so my, my main goal is just to help other people with anything that they're really looking to be helped in. And there's so many problems and issues and so many things everybody's going through. Everyone is going through a massive amount of stuff all the time. And I think that's one of the purposeful things we knew before we came to this reality system. Like I believe earth is kind of like the hardest level in like a video game. Like if you start a video game, you can do easy, intermediate or difficult. We all chose difficult for a reason. So a lot of people, they try to make this life as easy and comfortable as they can, but that's not really why they came here. They came here for a visceral, you know, a, a really raw experience where we're in a, a third dimensional experience where we feel things like pain and jealousy and anger and also things like love and happiness and, and enlightenment, things like that. So my all, my all in all goal is just to sort of explain to people a multitude of things of, of, you know, Hey, you're going through stuff. I'm going through stuff too. I've been able to find success or maybe win certain social, emotional, or spiritual battles in my life by doing this, 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 and this, maybe this, 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 and this will also work for you. So I'm really out here just, you know, giving suggestions to people. I never like to command anyone, demand them, or tell them what to do because people are naturally rebellious. But if you lead by example and you lead in a proper way where, you know, you're doing the right thing, people will, will adhere to that a lot better. So basically, all in all, just trying to help people in any areas of their life by just pulling, you know, wisdom and knowledge and information I've learned from my success stories, other people's success stories. So we can all raise our own vibrational frequencies together. And since we're all, you know, consciously projecting this together, um, we can, you know, find success in that. Right on. And I was watching. So to touch on what you said, it makes me think of, uh, you know, the world it makes me think of the book of Enoch and, mm -hmm. the, you know, the watchers and the Nephilim, how they were watching God's creation, his experiment, his project. 
And that just makes me think of that where we are maybe just this experiment. And I've done an episode on something called the Saturn time cube simulation hypothesis where it all boils down and again it's a gnostic type of belief where there's a demiurge controlling everything and and the demiurge is is controlling the simulation that we're in and you have to find a way to break out of the simulation i was listening to one of your videos today and i I like the thing that you said obviously about the rebelling not commanding people what to do showing them what to do and hopefully they'll they'll follow because you lead by example true obviously what's what what's happening right now we're being told to do something and a lot of people don't want to follow and Correct. yes if it's part of another psyop or something i don't know I'm, we're never gonna know this is gonna be it's gonna happen and it's gonna be something in history where we don't really know the truth we're just told the official narrative yeah and i really like what you talked about when you said that you believe in reincarnation am i wrong Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or am, am I right? Yeah. Because you you talked about how in this life, maybe we are set out. We lived a bunch of different infinite lifetimes, and in this life, and, and that's the multiverse, right? So Correct. we're living the timeline with least resistance to us. Obviously, or people ask, oh, why do why do some people die? Well, they live their timeline that that was the least of resistance that they had in that timeline and that's what you obviously that's what happened with them that's what they were destined to do and that's what happened and yeah they chose it they chose it they say the good die young right and it's a lot of different things but 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 i like that and i don't really i think about this every day about what if so throwing everything out out the door we have and this is something i think about every day we have religion and we have all these different things and we have conditioning from society what you were mentioning about people looking the other way and comparing themselves like oh how can i be buff like mitch right how can i be big and strong like him and then you start looking at yourself like oh man i want to be like him but me i'm the type of person that i won't envy you i'll be like hey mitch how did you achieve that because yeah. I want to be, again, on the same level as you. I don't want to be better than you. I want to be on the same level as you are. And that way, it'll benefit me. Absolutely. It's a student you know, mentality. Student mentality. And a lot of people don't think that way. Because, again, society, it's conditioned us to be in this materialistic, in this envious environment of always wanting to one-up everybody. And and what I think about a lot is, what if, and we're going to throw everything out the door, Mitch, what if? Nothing happens when we die, man. I what mean, if- I, that was my thought when I was <laughs> like super, super, super young, and it absolutely terrified me. I remember having this thought when I'm like four, five, six years old. Now, because I have no reference experiences, obviously. So I'm like, well, what does happen when you die? Because like I'm like a first grader. I'm like a second grader right now. And it's very obvious to me that religion is not real. It's not true. I can feel it. I can sense it. It's all made up. It's it's very man-made. It's fear-mongering. It's, it's telling me I was bad right when I was born. I, I'm a born, I'm born with original sin. Like who, who decides that? Do I have no say in that? I'm like this. I got to get out of this right now. So now that that, you know, heaven or hell endpoint is out the window, I have no other thing to think of. So then I'm just like, well, what if it all just goes black and I just, you know, just clock out and there's just nothingness forever. 
Well, I'm like, well, when I get there, maybe, you know, <laughs> it won't matter because I'll be in eternal blackness, but that's terrifying to think yeah. about now. Um, cause, and also if, if that were the truth and there were people that knew that to be the truth, I would, it would make sense that they wouldn't want that to get out because right and wrong or perceivable and right and wrong wouldn't really exist as much as it does today. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people would just be like, fuck it. You know, I, there's nothing at the end. So there, why would, why would I care? You know, I'm just going to have the most fun while I'm here, indulge myself in the sex, drugs and rock and roll of life and just not really give give a fuck. And all that kind of stuff. So, what if that's the truth? I mean, there's, I guess, there's nothing re- we can really do about it. Um, but I can say from my personal, uh, I guess, near-death experiences that have been very visceral and very intense, that I am a firm believer that there is something after we clock out because you know energy can't be created nor destroyed and only transformed. But once again, you know, we don't know if that's officially true or not. There, there's so much weirdness and everything that literally, no matter how much research we do, no matter how much we deep dive into ancient everything, this book, that book, this person, that person, we, we could be just completely 100% wrong at the end of this. And there's no way we could ever know because things can just get weirder and weirder and weirder. There could be words for things we don't even know exist and, you know, meanings and actions and abilities of of the, of the reality system or abilities of the multiverse and on how it transforms energy um, that might just not make sense to us right now, like teaching trigonometry to an ant, and it's just not going to be compatible with our brain. Um, so it, it's possible that that's, you know, the end point where all, it all just clocks out and goes black and, you know, that'd be kind of a depressing thing. Um, but even if that were the standpoint, even if that even if I knew that to be the actual end, I would still conduct myself in the way that I am now, where uh, I live by the platinum rule, which is treat everybody else better than you want to be treated and leave every area that you walk into better than it was before you got there. And how because I live my life in that way, it makes me feel the best about myself um, I just feel like my vibration is higher. I feel lighter on my feet. I think clearer. Um, I can sleep easier. Everything just works out better. So why would I not, you know, choose the methodology while I'm living here in this, you know, meat sack, if you will, this human body? Why would I not live that way? That's going to make my current experience the best way that it is. And if I know fullheartedly that I'm not vindictive or negative or hurtful towards other people in a purposeful way, all my intentions are out of love, peace and enlightenment, then I don't really have anything to worry about because I'm coming from a place of love. So that's sort of my, my standpoint on that. Yeah. yeah, and I like that. As long as I, I believe, as long as something spreads positivity and is good, then I have no problem with it, right? As long as it doesn't hurt children or, or anything of that sort. And to touch on what you said, let's say that there is nothing once we 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 leave. And and you said you had a, a near death experience. Uh, I've had a few, but I guess my most intense one was last year in March, and uh, I, I was uh, I was kind of. It's kind of hard to explain, but I came to like a, a fork in the road where I had the option to either stay here or just to clock out eternally, because the point to where I came at was all of the thoughts, events and everything that I experienced up until that very moment all came connected into one single streamline of making sense. And it kind of just all just clicked and it, like, it was like the last puzzle piece, if you will. 
And what happened to me was I kind of went to the end of my life and then back to where I was back and forth, back and forth over and over and over, seeing all the events of my life unfold and everything within it. And basically what I the lesson I kind of took from that was, hey, here's what's going to happen. You don't have to do it, but you can choose to stay here and put in extra work to either. And maybe maybe increase your good karma bank account, if you will, or just to help spread more positivity. Uh, but Mitch, like you, you just don't need to be here. Like you, you did what you came here to do, but you have an option. And when I came to that fork in the road, I obviously chose to be here because I still feel like there's a lot of more big picture things I want to accomplish and um, a lot of more big picture things that I just think need to exist in this reality system for other incarnated souls here to enjoy and have more positive experience, you know, even if I'm here or not. Was it something that, can, can you talk about that experience a little bit? Was it something that, were you in a car accident or? Oh no. So it's actually something you might enjoy. So I almost actually overdosed on psychedelics. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was a, an almost accidental overdose. I was at a Zomboy show I'm a huge dubstep fan. I love headbanging the night away. And um, yeah, it, it was weird because uh, I've taken more than I took that night, but how it sort of interacted with my body and everything, um, it, it became very apparent that something purposeful was happening to me. And I think um, what happened was my spirit guide sort of slapped me around a little bit. And basically because I was searching into my external reality to determine or increase my internal state. And as you know, your external reality is just your internal state pushed outwards. So the way you think, feel and act. And uh, it's like the sum total. It's like the product of your consciousness. So I was going backwards. I went into the product to go back to the source when in all reality, I should have just, you know, dove deep into myself, into the source. So then the product, the external reality were to then increase. So I wouldn't have to search into things to sort of, you know, go along the lines of like escapism and, you know, things like that to sort of escape my reality. And, you know, just trying to clock out for a few hours or so, because that's what a lot of people um, kind of, I mean, it's natural, you know, you have your daily job, let's say you work two, three or four jobs and you're going to school or just some negative things are happening into your life. You're going to turn to some things that are going to give you that fast instant, you know, quick relief from the pain. And that's what my sort of crutch was. My crutch was, you know, raving, taking psychedelics, dancing around with my friends and all that kind of stuff, just kind of being silly and kind of doing things that take you Mach 5 nowhere. And I was at a point where my spirit guides or maybe even me, my higher self was like, hey, like you need to get your life in order just a little bit more in this way, just in this specific avenue in life, because I wasn't like, an, I'm not an irresponsible person. Like I'm very responsible with the things that I'm building, the things I'm creating um, and all the things that I accomplished in my life. But basically um, that mentality was something that needed to be switched or maybe switched off uh, in order for me to transcend that version of myself. And I also had, I guess you could, I guess, label as my biggest layer of my spiritual awakening process happened in that in that moment or in that in that experience because i think your spiritual awakening doesn't just happen at one time or all at once i mean it definitely can i'm not going to project anything onto anybody else but i think it's like an onion it has different layers and that was definitely the biggest chunk of them 
And it felt like I sort of shedded my old self, like a snake skin, if you will. And the newer version of me emerged. That's the ego. ego. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now instead of like my ego kind of running the show in some ways, I'm now working alongside it in tandem for the most optimal outcome. Because if your ego is completely dead, you won't even have a body to live in. That's your ego structure. That's your mm-hmm. self-image. So you need to be working alongside it because it is part of you and it is it can benefit you in some ways. But because it is kind of built for survival mode and kind of trying to middle manage everything, uh, that's the sort of thing you need to get out of. So my ego was trying to middle manage my internal state by searching into the external reality through psychedelics, through raving, through partying, uh, trying to make myself feel happier or less bored or just trying to get that, you know, that breather from the work grind, if you will, take a little break. Um, but that experience, what I sort of took from it afterwards was this isn't the way to do that anymore. You have the power within yourself. Do not delegate your own power to a plant or to a substance or to something else. Do not give up your own power, your own divinity to another entity or another thing because you are unlimited. You are God and you can create any kind of reality that you see fit for yourself. So this experience, Mitch, is for you to learn this lesson so then you can become more confident in your own power, more confident in your own ability to get stuff done yourself instead of, you know, looking for help in external factors that just don't need to be there. Can, can you say what substance it was, Mitch? Was it MDMA or something? Oh, it was, uh, it was mushrooms, actually. And, so yeah, and a lot of people, when they, when they hear that, they think, hmm, well, I've heard you can't overdose from psilocybin. Well, you can overdose from drinking too much water. Mm-hmm. So too too much of anything can can make you clock out. So I think it was, you know, maybe because it is a fungus, you know, it, it does give you food poisoning. So that's what mm-hmm. kind of gets you high off that. So it might have been that factor working in with maybe maybe I was too malnourished that day and too dehydrated and a whole bunch of things kind of all added up into one. Um, but the things that were happening to me were pretty kind of freaky. Uh, basically, like I started to sweat like so profusely that I could see water dripping off of my skin like a faucet, like everywhere. Like oh, I, it yeah. felt, yeah, it was strange. Like my, I was melting like a popsicle and I was just like my whole body became extremely weak. And this actually happened to um, my friend uh, almost a year prior at a music festival. Her hair started to fall out. She couldn't walk. She couldn't move. And I had to carry her on my back up like a steep hill, like probably 45 degree angle uh, for maybe two football fields of length up to the severe medical tent where they were sticking IVs in her, giving her like a whole new set of blood, trying to get out the bad blood, getting some new good blood. And all she had like all these needles in her and like five doctors. And she was like seeing the white light coming in and out, in and out the whole time. And that that was a more intense experience, maybe because her body wasn't as strong as mine. But uh, the the factors and the um, sort of uh, details of her experience were the same that I experienced, but maybe on a little a little less level because I could still walk around and stuff. But it was it was tough, man. Like I, I could feel myself like being dragged down and, and just deleted from reality. So, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. <laughs> Do you know how many grams you took? <laughs> It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was only four and I've done a lot more than that before, like I said, but I think that let's say you have two separate, uh, one gram stems, I mean, stem A and stem B. 
stem A could have much more active ingredient inside of it than the other one, and that could be unbeknownst to you. So let's say I took four separate one gram stems, but all of those one gram stems have way more than you think is inside of it. So you could be taking four to eight to 12 times the amount that you actually need. And you're just, you know, you're just going way into the underworld, you know, going out into the wilderness where you shouldn't be uh, out, out into the dark forest. And you're just you know, going to see some things you shouldn't kind of like taking your consciousness and putting it into realities it's not really ready for yet. Yes, yeah. yes. I, 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 to, to, and I'm not going to criticize you. I believe these sacred plants, these entheogens, need, it, need to be treated with respect. And I believe that setting is a powerful thing when it comes to using these substances. And once you lose respect for them, that's, uh, like you said, your spirit guide slapped you around a little bit. There's a yeah. lot of people who take them in that setting where they're not really benefiting from it like you said you i'm sure now you see it with a different light because you got slapped around so it's oh, like yes. some people in life and this this attributes to life as well that some people in life need these certain experiences to be able to wake up and it was like mitch you can't be doing this shit anymore man you yeah. can't be going around and doing whatever you want and do you still use them or you've completely cut them out of your life um, so I definitely don't use them at the, um, I guess, total amounts all at once that I used to. Um, but I have these vials of liquid psilocybin. So it's pure psilocybin extracted from the plant. So there's no fungus or any food poisoning factors that come with it. Uh, it's a lot more potent and it comes on a lot stronger and faster. Um, but it, it comes in like a little dropper. So you can drop it in your drink or just squirt it into your mouth or whatever you want. And um, that's definitely a good way to baby step into it. So I do more of like a micro dosing kind of program, if you will, rather than a big all at once type of thing, because I used to be the guy that would literally like I'll, I'll give me an example, like two years ago at EDC Electric Daisy Carnival here in Las Vegas. Um, I was at uh, I was actually at the Zomboy uh, show at like three thirty and I took uh, I think it was like five and a half grams of shrooms, two hits of acid and like everything else, I get my hands on like Adderall, Coke, like Adderall, Coke, weed, alcohol, all at once, just all at once. And I'm fine. It's totally fine. Like I did it all like pretty much at every rave I'll go to. I'll just get everything, kind of shove it all down my mouth all at once. And I'll just dip into this like other dimension where I'd feel like I'm in a video game and everything's perfect. I'm invincible. My body feels like it's made out of light. Everything makes sense. Like everything about everything makes sense. And it's perfect. And it's like the perfect state. Of, it's like it's like absolute bliss. It feels like I'm an enlightened being and I'm a god walking around on the earth. It's it's the craziest feeling. And it's something that once you experience that and you can also recognize um, how your intelligence is increased and how you can start creating new neurological pathways and start you know creating new neurons in your brain by you know thinking of new concepts you wouldn't have, haven't even been able to conceive before. Um, with these new doors unlocked, uh, you, you kind of want to not not chase it, but kind of, you know, be in that state of being as much as you can, because it's it's just so much better than being sober. Um, but at the same time, if you're in that state of being, you know, through chemical substances and things like that sort of external factors, then your your goal of coming here to the earth reality system and learning how to, you know, find that power within yourself has now been diminished because you found that power within something else. And that's not really your goal here. Your goal here is one of the goals here, I believe, is for everyone to 
remember what they are and remember that they are unlimited. They can do whatever they please. It's just finding out how to gain that ability sort of in your earth body, if you will. And uh, yeah, so basically, I, I think I, what you said, the, the disrespect of the plant was really uh, my lesson and or like the reason for the lesson. So instead of using it for spiritual growth, I was just using it just for, for fun, for everyday fun. And that's not why it was you know placed here, if you will. It's not why it exists here on this planet, um, especially if, if you know that it's that reason. And I think that's why it happened to me, because it's like, hey, Mitch, like you had to save your friend's life like eight months ago. And as you were carrying her up that hill, your whole life was flashing before your eyes because you, you know, you went there with her and she was on your tag. And if she doesn't come back with you, you know, that kind of that death is on you. So like my whole life was flashing before my eyes and I had this crazy experience. I went sober the next two days of that festival and it kind of like freaked me out about everything. But then I, you know, eight months later in March, I'm, you know, diving back into it again for my own personal reasons. So then my spirit guides or my higher self or whatever it may be was like, okay, well, if that experience isn't intense enough to help you you know, grow and, you know, into a better person, we're going to, you know, we're going to turn up the notch to, to volume 11 and really, really crank it up here and, and make sure that 100% you're not going to do this again. And I think that's definitely what happened to me because I know for myself, in order for me to make a, a very big, big switch in my life, the lesson has to come at uh, the most extreme and, and intense kind of way. And it's kind of unfortunate, but also at the same time, that's just what my life path entails. So it's not really bad or good. It's just what's specific for me and what works for my sort of entity, if you will. So I always, you know, when I always want to when I'm talking to people about anything in life, you know, their life path, what's happening to them, how they do things. I always tell people the way you do things and how you're trying to improve your life and the way you're living or maybe your current circumstances. It's not better or worse than anybody else. It's just different. And it's supposed to be different. And that's why you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. Uh, you should always compare yourself to the best version of what you think you can be because your life path is specific towards you. So if you're if you're struggling you know, financially or something like that and someone else is wealthier next to you, don't compare yourself to them. Compare compare yourself to what the best version of yourself could be doing to get up to the status of that, you know, number one version of yourself and then compare and be like, OK, well, now I'm doing stuff for myself. So, yeah, what happened to me was was very intense, but it was it was purposeful in the way that it happened. And I think that it had to happen the way that it went down in order for me to learn the things that I was supposed to. And the reason I talk to you about psilocybin is because I I grow my own psilocybin and I again I, I treat it with respect because it is something that a lot of cultures are for thousands and thousands of years people have used to if, if putting their consciousness or their mind into other realms and whatever you may call it meeting God in their own way you know you have the psychedelic gospels and the holy mushroom and the cross you know different things like that of that nature where they talk about that maybe these religions were psychedelic experiences and i do believe in how you said putting your mind or consciousness if you will in other realms that you're not going to be able to understand what's going on because you're not supposed to be there i i talk a lot about i have a buddy of mine who's done ayahuasca numerous times and then DMT numerous times, 5-MeO DMT numerous times. And he talks about it and he tells me, man, when I'm in there, 
it's another world. It's another realm. There's entities there that communicate with me and teach me different things and they show me different things. Whether it's and again, whether it's the substance and the reactions it has chemically with the body or your mind, whatever it is, who knows? But what if it is another dimension? I have a poster of Net of Being by Alex Gray here in my in where I record. And I've, I have friends of mine who won't touch DMT because they say, listen, that's a real place. And, it, and I have friends who are freaked out by it that they won't touch it. And then I have other friends who love it who go, that's a real place. Because I said to them, I said one time, I said, man, I think I'd freak out if I saw something like that. And he's yeah. like, it's a real place. And obviously, it's it's it, the way they've explained it to me is like it's another universe in itself. There's other entities. There's good uh, malevolent and benevolent entities there when they're on these psychedelic, psychedelic journeys. And what you were talking about that not to be able to depend on these substances – to achieve higher states of consciousness. Are you familiar with Wim Hof? Oh, yeah. I do his breathing technique uh, a lot, actually. I always tell people about it when they're getting sick, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he obviously talks about getting higher in your own supply because they say that the body, obviously, DMT is in everything and, and plants and nature in the body. And I've, I've also read that the lungs are the organ that most produces DMT. So obviously, it would make sense that these breathing exercises. I have another friend of mine who also does it, who says he's had psychedelic experiences just from controlling his breathing and just doing from doing these exercises. And who knows, right? It, because what you were mentioning earlier, I believe it was, we, I, I've been diving into simulacra and simulation where we give value to certain things and the only value, and we talked about constructs of society and the only values that are given to those things or these constructs that are giving you know that these 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 how do i explain it these rules that we put on things we put them there we drew the lines on the map right when yes. you look at a globe it doesn't have any borders and nature doesn't care about borders animals don't care about borders we put those lines on the map so everything that we talk about and everything that we see today and everything that's in the world we give it value because we made it. And just how Albert Einstein says, you can't, and this is a paraphrase in the quote, you can't uh, figure out something from the same consciousness that it was created. You can't figure something out in the Petri dish if you're in the Petri dish. So yes. maybe that's why we can't know where we came from. And we guess you have quantum physics, you have astronomy, you have NASA telling you that the that the universe is 13 billion years old. Those are numbers that are being thrown around, ideas that are being thrown around that we're never, ever going to know the truth to. And that's just the, the reality of things. Have you seen the movie Prometheus? I have, yeah. So, yeah, I've been diving really – I love that movie so much, and I've been diving into it because, obviously, I, I, I love the movie, the, the trilogy, The Matrix, and there's a lot of symbolism in there. Oh, absolutely, And also yeah. in the movie Prometheus, there's a lot of symbolism in that, and – I've been diving into not what the movie shows you, but reading draft scripts and, and watching videos on the draft scripts and stuff like that, where obviously when the engineers were talking, they didn't translate what they were saying. They didn't show you the subtitles for that. And a lot of the things that they said there are controversial because obviously it, it comes back to religion and all these different things that, again, we give value to. We put a sim we make a symbol and we give it value and that symbol becomes what we want it to become. Mm -hmm. And you talked about focusing on on your ideal image it makes me think of platonic realism where 
we are in a world we have a picture of what that perfect thing is that that item whatever thing animal person place the ideal picture we know it in our minds and what plato thought and this was one of his ideas was that our thoughts are one dimension and the real world is another dimension and we have a picture of the perfect for example horse and the world is full of images of that perfect horse but imperfect images of that perfect horse you understand yes and again we give value to these things because you know you have a picture of a perfect horse and the world is maybe full of and perfect horses and perfect people, right? We we wanna, and then it goes back to religion, where, where, uh, what you were talking about earlier, uh, and then again we we went off way way, and this is what I, I love having conversations like this because it can just branch out to different places. But it, it back to the nothingness. And I've talked to people about this, and I've had people who have had different, uh, uh, you know, deaths of their ego and. I bring this this conversation to them and I go, what if there is nothing? And, and and you said it scared you, but at the same time, if you if we go to nothingness, we don't remember being anything, so it's okay to yeah. be nothing. Because at the end, if there's nothing, it doesn't hurt to be nothing and not and and just go. Obviously, again, we're human beings, we're animals. And we, again, give value to things. And obviously, when somebody passes away, it's very sad because, again, that value that you gave that person, if, if you will. And uh, uh, for some reason, I forgot what you were saying earlier. It made me think of the Ten Commandments and, and that we need guidance in life. And obviously, when Moses had these people, right, these people, he, he needed structure. He needed control. Yeah. And, and in order to have that, what they came up with the Ten Commandments, obviously good things. How yeah. I was saying earlier, I believe the Bible is a book on on how to live a, a good life and how to be a better person. As long as you don't hurt people, that's the main thing How you were saying about your karmic bank account. As long as you leave the doors open and you don't insult others and, and give off this negative energy, because I do believe in that. I do believe if you are a piece of shit, eventually everything is going to come back on you three, four, five times worse. So oh, yeah. it's always better to treat people with respect and, and be, uh, one of my friends said to, uh, love everyone and tell the truth. Right. So again, it, it goes to that. And the 10 commandments was just that, you know, being able to structure a people and, and a society don't kill people. Don't, you know, treat your parents with respect, all these different things in order to, to be able to run a society successfully. And, the reason I brought up Prometheus was because what you were talking about earlier, where we are these these beings, these energetic beings, light beings, whatever you want to call them. In the movie Prometheus, it gets very controversial because one of the goals of the of the engineers was to become light beings, to to leave the non-physical realm and become just energy. And it, they they switched it up if there's a documentary on it they switched it up because it wasn't obviously it's an alien it's part of the alien franchise and they didn't want to go off too crazy off the main franchise because obviously <laughs> alien that's what people love which i don't really like the alien franchise i really enjoyed prometheus because it's like this different thing it's like where do we come from that's the 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 question since the beginning of time right yes. where, where did we come from where did 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 what is everything what is our purpose 
And I believe as humans, part of human nature to always question. And one of the quotes by H.P. Lovecraft is, you know, one of the oldest and strongest kind of emotions is fear. And obviously the fear of the unknown. Because Absolutely, we yeah. don't know, we fear it. And since since we don't know where we came from, it's this scary thought. Oh, what's going to happen when I when I die? What's going to happen to 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 my family when I go? Because, again, we don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. And then you have people like you who have these crazy experiences. And it, it is like a wake up call. And you talked about uh, about. Having a picture of what you want. And I had a conversation with somebody the other day about this, about Alan Watts says there's only the eternal now. And the reason the, the, the problem with that is obviously if you want to look into the future and with, with what's happening now in the world, it's kind of difficult to, to see that. Right. Because we're, we're living in this in this fear and this anxiety and obviously anxiety and depression, all that stuff raises your cortisol levels, which messes with your immune system and oh, yeah. i but my father has ms mm -hmm. and he was diagnosed with ms but when he was diagnosed with it they told him there was an 85 percent chance that that's what he had and i asked the doctor i said what about the other 15 percent and he goes oh we don't know we just reserve that just in case it's something else and i go okay so you're gonna give him this treatment because they don't know what causes it they don't have a cure for it they don't know how to stop it they don't know anything about it like yeah we're just we're there's still research on it but here's yeah. your uh, here's your treatment and your treatment costs $40,000 a month for a 30 day supply. And I go, oh, okay. So the people who don't have the money to pay for that, they either die or the people who do have insurance or the money to pay for it, they take something which they don't know what they're taking. And it's, I, I told my, my dad, I said, if your mind and body aren't aligned because a different, like you were mentioning, everybody has problems and there's different <laughs> factors in life that people go through. And I believe that a lot of the things that happen to us in this world, and this is why I think we live in a simulation, it goes back to the law of attraction. The mind is a powerful thing. So oh, how yeah. about all the people who have gotten cured by being given a placebo and they never had anything to begin with and they, they're cured because they thought of it. They manifested oh, yeah. it, right? These spontaneous remissions of cancer or whatever other things. And yeah, but I, I agree with you. You do have to make the best of, of life and in the now and i had a episode yesterday with an ex navy seal and he's a he does leadership he's an ex-veteran he does leadership and uh he he prepares first responders and and servicemen for you can talk about you know killing somebody and being in this this environment of having to kill somebody to survive it's killed or be killed you can talk about it all you want just how a doctor can talk about operating somebody all he wants but once he has somebody on the operating table or once these people are exposed to death violence and they actually kill somebody or they're a first responder and they see a child dying in their hands or whatever it is they lock up they freak out so he goes in there and he tries to teach them and prepare them for that and he told me, he was sort of coaching me during the episode that we were having. He said, because I, I asked him, I said, you know, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I want out of life. And he says, you know what? We're in the, I'm, I'm thinking about what's going to happen in the next minute, in the next hour. I'm not thinking about what's going to happen in five years from now. But at the same time, you have to be conscious to be able to form a platform and a base so that way, when you do get to the future, you have a strong enough base to hold whatever it is that you want. And you mentioned earlier, 
everybody wants prosperity. Everybody wants good health. Everybody wants to be okay. Whether that be monetary or not, that's up to you and that's up to your moral values, whatever it is. But there's a, there's obviously conditioning from society. So yes. he told me, he said, write your own obituary. He said, on that obituary, what do you want to be remembered for? And it was like how you were saying, when you leave this realm, when you leave this dimension, whatever it is, what did you leave behind, Mitch? What yeah. did you leave behind? What do you want to be on the obituary? Do you want it to be, you know, uh, if you were a bad person or, or whatever, what do you want to be remembered for at the end of the day? And that's a powerful thing because you don't really think about it that way. Oh, yeah. And that's what that was one of the biggest things that sort of came into my mind and really changed me as a person through that experience. Because when I came out of it, I realized that things that you can physically see and touch, they don't exist. They just do not exist. And once you start to become, you know, less in this reality and more into another one, it becomes extremely apparent of how um, it's all just a holographic projection. It, it really is. And it, it just it, you, it becomes really apparent very fast and very easily, too. Uh, so basically what I realized is that the only things that really mattered were the things I was thinking about. And the things I was thinking about was what kind of impact did I make here while I was here? And was it a positive one? Was it a, was it a negative one? Did I do my best? And then where are the people that I love? Are they here right now? And do they know that I love them? And do I know that they love me? So basically, the only things that really mattered were your character, you know, how you conduct yourself as a human being and love, which I think is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. So that I definitely agree with you, you know, there 100 percent. Yeah, And again, all this is the all these are constructs, good, evil. And what I mentioned earlier in nature, I was watching a video of a of a honey badger eating a snake and i was like man that's wild right yeah and you see these baby animals being eaten by by these by lions a baby giraffe being taken down by a pack of lions or whatever it is and it's like that's so it looks evil but at the end of the day that's what the world was for thousands and thousands of years there was no yeah. evil there was no good it was nature it was natural yeah. selection survival of the fittest that's how it was uh, before we got here. Exactly. And it, it, it's wild, man. But that, that's a crazy experience you had. I also, I wanted to talk to you about, you, you also talk about how, and a lot of people don't talk about mental health in this, in this society because you are casted out. There's a dogma against it. When you break your arm or something, you go to the hospital and you have a doctor look at it. But what's, what about when you feel something when you go through depression i've been through depression it's not a good thing and and again if you say something to somebody it's like oh what do you do a walk it off man get over it right and you talked about how diet isn't just what you eat obviously being your uh, what are you an amateur bodybuilder i'm actually a professional so i have my pro card in the wbff well you're a professional bodybuilder you know about diet and you also talked that you're a vegetarian, am I correct? Uh, yeah, so my diet, I guess you could classify it as vegan slash vegetarian. Yeah, so can you talk a little bit about that? Because I believe that diet is not only what you eat, but also what you ingest. And I feel in this time and day, there's a, I'm going to have to find the quote, but people don't know how to 
digest information and interpret information correctly nowadays and it goes back to the the mind is a powerful thing so just because you are healthy let's say mitch you are a bodybuilder you have this crazy physique maybe if you're not right in the mind what does it oh, matter yeah. you know what i mean exactly. like what what, what does it oh, matter because yeah. it's it's one in the same and i've been there before and i've been there as a person i've i've, I've been a, a physical person who you would classify in the top 0.0001%, you know, in the whole planet, but my mental state, you know, is rocking at about a five out of 10. So I, I think you have five walks of life, your physical, your emotional, your mental, your spiritual, and your financial walk. So if all five walks of life are in line, then you're going to be feeling like a very good person. Your life is going to be order in order and things will be going very well. But if one of those walks of life aren't, you know, aren't too hot at the moment, you're going to feel that. And then your whole life is going to be incomplete and your reality is not going to match your blueprint. So going back to what you're talking about, like the diet and how it affects you, I mean, the classic saying you are what you eat is, is so true. So imagine like you take um, a, a pain medicine, just a general pain pill. It's going to go and target the part in your body that is feeling that, that type of pain. But unbeknownst to you, it's also targeting your entire physical system because it goes into your bloodstream. So it goes into your blood goes everywhere. It goes into your lungs, your brain, your heart, your stomach, all your organs everywhere, your, your, your pineal gland, your pituitary gland, everything. So if you're eating poor foods, all of that poorness, if you will, all that, you know, non-optimal food sources and all the stuff that comes with it, that's going into your, your blood system, your circulatory system, and that's going throughout your entire being. And since that's going to be affecting your internal state, how you physically feel, your brain is going to react to that. And then your consciousness is going to react to how your brain is thinking. So that's going to, that's going to, it's going to kind of set you on a, a backwards pathway. And in a lot of my videos, I explain the human experience into four separate parts. It's like a, a group of three and then a separate one. So the first three, uh, part one is your consciousness. So that's like your soul, your energy. And that is inside of part two, your brain, which is the interface that translates the data that part three, your body is receiving the ones and zeros from your main five senses. And that sum total of one, two, and three, your consciousness, your brain, and your body, that projected outwards is your external reality. So let's say you take something from number four, the external reality, like a Big Mac or a giant, you know, meat lover's pizza or a Thanksgiving dinner, and you just stuff your face, you know, and you fill yourself up to the absolute, absolute brim, and you got this huge food baby going on, your body is now going to react to all of the bad, negative, or I guess lower vibrational nutritional factors to those foods. That sig Those signals from that food is going to be sent up to your brain, and now your consciousness is going to react to what your brain is thinking. So a lot of people, let's say you're on, at Thanksgiving di dinner here in America and you just stuff your face full of turkey and mashed potatoes and all this kind of stuff. Most people, they want to go to bed afterwards or they want to sit on the couch and watch football and they're tired because it takes energy to digest energy. So if you're eating foods like that, all that kind of suboptimal stuff, you're now creating your whole body system to become suboptimal because you're not feeding it the right kind of fuel. 
It's just like if you had a Lamborghini and you gave it regular gas. It's not really going to work the way it should. It needs that premium fuel, and your body is the same exact way. But the reason people don't put regular gas into the Lamborghini is because they value that Lamborghini because they had to earn it. You didn't have to earn your body. It was given to you. You were born inside of it. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to pay for it. It was free, just like your brain. So the things that you put into it, you don't really put, you don't really, you know, look after the value of it as much as you would something you had to work for. So if you had like a $3 million Lamborghini, you would make sure that everybody who got inside was wearing clean clothes. They weren't eating food that was going to spill everywhere. They're not touching it with their greasy fingers or, you know, treating it poorly because you value it very highly because you had to do a lot of steps, you know, action wise to lead up to be able to purchase that thing. And, and that's the same way you should think about your body. So the next time you're going to the grocery store, you should have a higher value for yourself and the thing that you're physically inside of. So when you're going down the aisles, you should think to yourself, how am, how is my body going to operate after I eat that food source? How is my brain capacity going to be affected or my, my ability to think in the way that I want to? How is that going to be affected by this food source? If I know from my past experiences, I feel tired, I feel groggy, it's hard for me to wake up in the morning, maybe I'm jittery in my seat, I have restless leg syndrome, something's out of whack because your food sources aren't giving you the things that you need. So not everyone's diet is going to be the same because everyone's body is absolutely completely different. I from my I have a degree in kinesiology, personal trainer certified, nutritionist certified, been working out for almost 14 years now. So uh, I would consider myself an expert in the realm of fitness and nutrition. I've trained thousands and thousands of clients, seen every kind of body type you can. And the the, the stories of like what works for this person, it would blow your mind. I'll give you an example. I was competing at uh, the Nationals bodybuilding show to, to turn pro one year. And one of my uh, one of my teammates, Des, he's a Jamaican guy. He ate 25 cheeseburgers from McDonald's hours before stepping on stage. And with every cheeseburger that he ate, he became leaner and he became more full. His muscles became more full. So that wouldn't happen if I did that. I would, I couldn't even eat that much and my body would probably just shit the bed. So not everyone's diet is going to be completely different. So I never tell anybody, Hey, you should go vegan. You should go vegetarian. I think everybody should at least try it out to see if it works for them. Cause it's had you know major benefits for me. Um, but you should definitely do, you know, one to two month experiments. You can have some consistent data on what food sources work for you and how it affects your body. And then in addition to that, your body is going to want different things at different points in its own life. So just because my body right now is working very well on a plant-based diet, that doesn't mean, you know, a year from now, it's not going to work. And I need to switch back to a, a carnivorous diet, eating meat for, you know, two to three months. It doesn't mean that that can't happen. It's totally possible. So um, just going back to the original question of, of how important it is, it's it's super important because it, be, it becomes every part of you. It goes into your blood system. It, it's what's fed into your cells, your muscles, your brain, everything. So if you're not 
putting the right kind of fuel into your body, you're just not going to operate at the point that you should. And then you can even take it a step further by measuring uh, the vibrational frequency of your foods. So for your cells to operate optimally, they need to resonate between 60 and 80 megahertz because your body is kind of like a battery. It can be charged negatively or it can be charged positively. So things like uh, processed foods, that's zero megahertz and meat is two megahertz. So if you need to between if you need to be between you know 60 and 80, let's just average it out and say 70. If you're if you're trying to target you know 70 level or foods that are at a level 70, but you're eating level zero and level two all day, well no wonder you feel like shit. No wonder you're slow. No wonder you're overweight. No wonder your your skin is not clear. No wonder your hair isn't you know that healthy looking. No wonder your nails are you know not that strong. No wonder your teeth aren't that strong. No wonder your joints are achy and your ligaments are achy and everything's just not working the way it should because you didn't put the proper fuel into the machine. You're feeding it garbage. And if you put garbage into a Lamborghini, it's not going to run. That garbage needs to go into a garbage truck, somebody else, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and what you, what you talked about earlier about Again, we are in on the hard setting in this realm, in this world, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And your different walks of life being in alignment. That's sort of difficult to do because, again, we're on that hard setting. It is going to be difficult. And it's not if it was it's like how I always say if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And, you know, our body, they say our body is our temple. And a lot of people don't treat it that way because it it makes sense what you're saying that since we didn't work for it and it was just given to us, we don't have an appreciation for it. And me personally, I've cut out fast food from my life and I've eaten better and more conscious. And I feel great because eating at McDonald's, man, when I would eat, it would do the opposite of what food's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel good. It would make me feel like garbage. Oh, yeah. I used to work there when I was a teenager. Yeah. and, And again, it's it's. It's crazy. And this is what we live on and and what society runs on caffeine and McDonald's and and no wonder we're so unhealthy. Right. And what you said about we are batteries are everything operates at a certain frequency and there. And if you can achieve homeostasis, you are able to be better, feel better, look better. It makes me think of what were the what was AI doing in the Matrix? (laughs) It was harvesting us. And using us as batteries. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it goes back to that. But, again, we can wrap up on that note. Did you want to add anything? Any final thoughts? before? Um, Not any final thoughts, but uh, would would you mind if I asked you a question? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, my question to you would be, what would your top three bucket list tasks be? The three most important goals you just have to get done before you clock out. In what sense? Materialistic destination? It could be be anything. So like your three biggest dreams. So that could be like, you know, something like buying your mom a Range Rover or uh, cleaning up the entire water supply on planet Earth, uh, intergalactic travel, um, refurbishing the environment, starting a charity fund, making a billion dollars, getting a six pack. Who knows? I don't don't know what your goals are. Man, uh, no, no limitations, unlimited resources. I would have to say definitely visiting all of the ancient megalithic sites around the world. 
ancient visiting different ancient civil civilizations and different cultures around the world that'd be one <clears throat> learning the truth of of our existence would that count as one <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i think that is like reaching enlightenment that's one of mine yeah yeah that and then The last one would be uh, providing and being able to provide for my family and, and while I'm here and, and living a healthy and prosperous life for me and my children. That's awesome, man. That's super admirable of you. Hell yeah. Yeah, it can't, it can't be all. I, I saw one of your videos. It was uh, how to be, what was it, selfish or something like that? How to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. How to be a, a proper, how to be selfish in a healthy way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously the first tour for me and then I, I you know, I, I have I have a son and, and, and a fiance and, and it changes your life once you have, uh, you know, kids, children, it changes your life completely. And it, it just I believe everybody should experience it. Not a lot of people want to have kids, but it's it's a different lifestyle and it, and it really changes a way of thinking and it makes you selfless because at the end of the day it's not about you anymore it's about them and that type of commitment does scare people where you can't just be thinking about yourself anymore you have to think about them yeah and i i bet that it's made you a a more uh i guess successful and diligent version of yourself maybe you have this newfound fatherly energy to where you're working on something and maybe you hit that first wall of tiredness or grogginess or pain or something and you're just like, hell no, like I'm a father now. I got to get this shit done. Yeah, I've, I've gotten to the point in my life where having a good lawn is 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 a great achievement for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And new things become awesome to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Mitch, again, thank you for taking the time. Thank you yeah, for thank reaching you. out. And one more time for the listeners, where can they find your stuff? Social media, YouTube channel. Yeah, so guys, uh, YouTube channel, NRG Synchronized. I will synchronize your energy. Same thing on Instagram. And uh, yeah, like you said earlier in the episode from the Navy SEAL, write your own obituary. Know what the words you want to be spoken about yourself, you know, when when you finally, when your life finally ends. I think that's definitely a a good goal to to go after, you know, just living day by day. And that's definitely something I'm going to be doing today, actually. Yeah, it made me. It really made me think. And he's he's an awesome. Shout out to Dan. He's an awesome individual. And that episode will be out, I believe, before this one. So, again, Mitch, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me about this sort of th- stuff. I, I like to think about all these things, and I think about them on a daily basis. And a lot of people don't. They're not open to these sort of conversations or ideas, and that's one of the main problems we have in society. Yeah, and it, I think it might be up to us to have these conversations firsthand to give other people the confidence to have it, you know, maybe with people just around them, like their friends or family, and then everyone can just communicate more, we can become more connected. And I think that positivity equals connectedness, or just being more connected. So I think that, you know, disconnecting people like what the C word is doing right now is uh, negativity. So as long as we can bring each other together right now, come closer and just love on each other more and understand each other more. Everything will just turn out better in the end. Yes, sir. Right on. Thank you again, Mitch. Thank you, brother. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mitch and make sure to check out his work on YouTube and social media. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Juan Juan podcast. Shoot me an email. If you want to be on the show, if you want to, 
you want to hear something talked about on the show, the one-on-one podcast at gmail.com. Also to make sure to check out my blog, the one-on-one podcast.com. I post a blog with every episode on there. And as always, until next time. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.